All right, let's get started. Um, welcome, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, let's pray, and, uh, and we'll get into... Well, I have something else I want to talk with you about first, but then I want to get into Romans 7. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the amazing things that you have done for us today. Thank you for making it possible for us all to gather today. Thank you for revealing your love and truth in you. We are blessed to be able to gather together and read your words. Sow your words into our hearts today so that we may grow and blossom. Help your words to take root so that we can follow your path in life. As we learn more of your teachings, walk with us and help us to live in your unending love. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So I, I just did kind of a little search uh, for Bible study prayers. And uh, this one popped up. I actually tried to, like, research the person. I always like to know a little bit about the person that, you know, that I'm using the prayer from and, and, and such. And uh, I can find nothing. But I thought it was interesting she has a, a whole bunch of articles on this website called Everyday No, and uh, they are all prayer-related and often are, are just full of prayers that I'm assuming that she has written. So um, I thought this one was pretty good, so I thought we'd start with that. Uh, I want to I share an experience with you. Um, last night, I went to uh, the, uh, the thrift store in Cuyahoga Falls, um, the one that's on State Street. Yeah, Village Outlet, yeah. Um, and uh, you might remember a few years ago, we celebrated the uh, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and we had some things that we sold, including some sweatshirts. And I bought one of those sweatshirts. And this lady comes up to me, um, and she has kind of this wild hair, and she's dressed very eclectically. And, you know... You try not to make any assumptions or anything like that, you know, but at the same time, you're kind of like, you know, uh, what, what's going on here? And, and she comes up to me, what's that shirt about? Uh, it, it says in big letters, you know, 500th anniversary of the <laughs> Reformation, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and I kind of explained a little bit about Martin Luther and she stops me right there and she goes, Martin Luther, I'm Jewish. Do you know what he said about the Jews? <laughs> yes. I actually do. I have read that article that he wrote, that letter that he wrote uh, uh, against the Jews. It's 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 horrible. No, it really is. It, you know, and um, uh, and if you get into the 1930s and 40s, um, Adolf Hitler used that letter to promote the persecution of of the Jews. You know, and I I told her, you know. Um, yeah, I do. And she was surprised that I did. Um, and, uh, you know, and I he said, you know, what he wrote there was wrong and it was inexcusable, you know, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and um, she talked a little bit about, you know, what the effect of that was and how Hitler used it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually aware of those things too, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I said to her, you know, I'm not excusing Luther for what he wrote. I, I completely condemn what he said, but it's probably, you know, worth knowing that he was extremely sick when he wrote these things. He had uh, kidney stones. He was in constant pain. You ever deal with somebody who's in constant pain? 
they're really pleasant to be around, right? Um, and, and Luther wasn't pleasant to, run, to be around sometimes even when he wasn't in pain. Um, and, you know, and, and this is just one of those terrible, terrible, uh, terrible things uh, in, in history. And, um, and I said, did you know that when Luther was younger and healthier, he wrote some very nice things, some very kind and supportive things about the Jews. And she did not know that, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and she's talking about how sometimes people do terrible things. And, and I, I, it, was an, it was a really interesting conversation. So I said to her, you know, this is something that's kind of fascinating because in a life of somebody like Martin Luther, you have this one thing which is awful. Just, it's just awful. And then there's so much that's good. And what do you do with that? And, and she's, you know, she's talking about this and, and, uh, um, and she's bringing up other examples of, of people who, you know, they, they did something awful, but there's some other things that happened in their life that were actually really good and wonderful. And, you know, and, and she's wrestling with this idea. Uh, she's writing a book and she's wrestling with this idea of forgiveness. And she said, you Christians, you have this amazing teaching, uh, you know, from Jesus that says, love your enemies. You know, she's like, I get, you know, love your friends, love your neighbors. You know, that all makes sense. How do you love your enemies? And I encouraged her. I said, I think you're probably writing a really, really important book right now in our culture because there is no forgiveness in our culture for anything. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and it was, it was really, really fascinating. I ended up talking with this lady at least 30 minutes. And when I say I talked with her, she was doing most of the the talking. Um, she literally, she literally says to me, I'm Jewish and I'm from the East coast. So you're not going to get a word in. (laughs) Got it. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, and. It was really interesting listening to somebody else think about something that, in a lot of ways, we take for granted. How do you restore somebody who's done something terrible? You know, and a lot of times we look at our sin as just kind of these little things. But they're hurtful. They harm people, our sins. What do you do with that? And uh, for us, we know that we take that to the cross, that, that Jesus takes those things upon himself and dies for them, right? And I, I, I don't know who else has a, uh, a message that's anything like that, that when, when everything is, is completely shattered, where do you find the healing? Where do you find restoration? And uh, in a lot of ways, I think that this is our, you know, to kind of use some marketing terms, I think this is our niche. I'm not saying that we shouldn't feed the hungry. I'm not saying that we shouldn't advocate for justice. We absolutely must but it flows from this 
incredible message that we have been reconciled to God, that sins are actually forgiven. There are a lot of people in the world who will feed the poor. There are a lot of people in the world who will advocate for justice, and we should partner with them. But as far as I can tell, we are the only ones who have this message of forgiveness and reconciliation with God. And we can't lose sight of that. Which leads me into another tangent that is important for our congregation. I have uh, I have received word that uh, um, uh, well two things. First, we've had a, a we've had a partnership with Lutheran Campus Ministry of Kent for a long time, and this is a really unique ministry in, in the whole world because uh, um, it, it partners between the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and uh, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, and there are two kind of central churches that have been key for this ministry for a long time, um, Faith in Kent and Trinity in Kent. Uh, Trinity has pulled out. And so we started talking, you know, with some other ELCA congregations to find somebody else. St. Stephen in Stowe was the congregation that we were actually talking with most closely because the president of uh, uh, Lutheran Campus Ministry is a member there. And they were very interested and apparently they've gotten word from the synod that the synod is not interested in participating in this anymore which is really not surprising i mean the elca and the lcms we have diverged more and more over the years okay um and uh i'm not sure that well i know that faith cannot handle this ministry on their own you know, and uh, we we have been a big part of, of the life of that ministry. Um, and I'm not sure what we're going to do as far as LCMK. Um, but we've been approached by the LCMK board about taking the ministry on. Because faith is... They they're, they're, they've really struggled with their relationship with this this ministry that they started like 50 years ago, and uh, this is going to require some wisdom and some prayer. Um, but I think that we're going to need to look at this and uh, consider how are we going to relate with with this ministry in the future, um, whether we're not. Give it, being given an opportunity for an even bigger role in this. Uh, it's, a, it's already a, a significant part of the life of our congregation. If you were at first service, you, you saw Wes Johnson um, thank us for support as a uh, seminarian. Um, he came into our congregation through Lutheran Campus Ministry of Kent. We've got a young man right there, um, Mo was a practitioner of Islam and he came to meet Jesus through this ministry and uh, we have him as part of our congregation Um, I think it's more than just us I think that we have to look at some coalition between other um, Lutheran congregations and probably Missouri Synod only I don't think the ELCA is going to participate with us Um, but this is this is something that we're going to need to look at in you know in the near future in terms of you know, what are we going to do to make sure that the gospel 
um, with a Lutheran voice is proclaimed uh, at, uh, um, at Kent. How is JJ's involvement changing now that he has moved? JJ, um, his ministry at uh, uh, St. John in, in Akron is part-time. And so he he went from being full time for LCMK to being part time in both positions. So, and and that was done with the uh, the board of directors blessing, you know. And it's it's kind of a double blessing because the funding uh, for uh, LCMK um, is tough. You know, a big part of the fundraising used to be that uh, JJ and some of the students would go around and visit other churches. I, I think there's some of this happening now, uh, but not like it used to before COVID. You know, there are a lot of places they don't want visitors coming in. And, uh, you know, so this has, been, this has been really rough. And so we've been able to keep JJ um, and, and continue ministry. But it's definitely not the same as it was. And I think that this is one of the difficult parts about LCMK. If you go back 20, 30 years, um, Lutheran campus ministry was largely about Lutheran kids who went to Kent, and th that kind of became their home away from home. And uh, that's not what we're seeing. Sadly, um, a lot of times our, our Lutheran kids, they go to school and they will either disappear from church for a while or um, they will get attached to a, uh, a non-denom type of a ministry. A couple guys over there right now, they were just telling me about uh, how exciting the, the Christian ministry that they're part of. And I'm glad that they're part of a Christian ministry, but I'm also kind of like, you have, you, you have a church that teaches the same things that you teach about baptism and the Lord's Supper right there. You know, and, and that's just not happening. But what is happening, and part of what we've been seeing here is that students who are coming from overseas are finding connections and meeting Jesus. You know, Mo is an example of that. Uh, Ying Mei, uh, you may remember Oh, it's going on two years ago now, I think, uh, was baptized here. Three years? It's pretty COVID. So, you know, it, and I think that that's very, a very necessary part of ministry. I'm not saying that we give up on our kids that go there or anything like that, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think we have uh, another opportunity there. Can I ask a question about the there, but is that not going to ever be used for that anymore? I don't know. That's part of I think what needs to be figured out. Because it's such a great place. Yeah, it belongs to faith. I know. I you realize know. that. But I mean, the students could walk there. I mean, it was centrally located. Right. And it was a safe, safe place to go. Yeah. So, so what I'm actually hoping for is that we can form a uh, a partnership. Um, it would between several uh, Lutheran congregations. I think Talmadge would be willing to participate. I think Redeemer might be willing to participate. 
um, I think we are willing to participate. Um, yeah, well, I have two, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I, full disclosure, I am on the, the board of directors over there when I say the board main, I, I was part of that. Um, but, uh, um, I, I know that, I know that faith is not capable of taking that ministry on completely by themselves. There has to be, there has to be partners. Uh, could we do it by ourselves? Potentially, um, but I'm not sure that our location is all that uh, strategic. Exactly, that's why I like Luther House. Right, exactly. You know, and, and so I, I, I think we got to figure out how to, you know, like I said, form partnerships that will um, provide the, the kind of help that LCMK needs. Part of that will be money, and we already do that. You know, we support LCMK fairly generously. Um, but that being said, they need people. And that's something that we did a lot more before COVID. You know, we would have these um, uh, events that were called Chat and Chow. Uh, and so basically people would gather at Luther House, which is basically just a house that, uh, um, that Faith owns. And, you know, they would have dinner. And there would be conversation. And then JJ, the, the campus pastor, would take advantage of that opportunity to form relationships with people and share the gospel, do Bible studies, you know, all of these kinds of things. You know, um, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really big part of what's been done there. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, it, when we lost the opportunity to, to use that, that, that hurt. You know, and, and so, you know, there are definitely some things that need to be uh, sorted out Is with that. Is they willing to let that continue at that location, even if they are not interested in taking... I don't know. I'm not sure that the... Do they know that if, if they don't want that property anymore... No, they want the property. Yeah, it's, it's right there at the church. Yeah, they they. The yeah, no, they want they want to own the property and um, they um, they leverage the parking lot. Uh, they they rent spaces uh, to to people, you know. So, um, you know, so you know they definitely want to use that. They don't want to lose it, um, but. So, is there a possibility we could rent it on Friday nights? I don't. It, there are all the kinds of things that are possible, right? Yeah, well, I'm just mm -hmm. yeah. Know. yeah, and and, and I think in that in and out, in and out, we don't have much stuff staying there. And yeah, and my my preference would be that you know we have these sister congregations that come together and say this is what we're going to do, and um, so there in the past faith contributed financially very heavily to this ministry. They're not in a position to do that. So maybe they can contribute by letting us use their space for the sake of the kingdom, you know. We'll see. These, this is all really early on in the conversation. And um, I, I, I literally got an email. As I was at a pastor's conference Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think the email came on Tuesday. So I, you know, I really even haven't had time to talk with anybody. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling the group here that 
we took the international students up to Niagara Falls yesterday. Oh yeah. And and stuff. And I as driving was able to listen to Mo give his testimony to these people from Nigeria. Most of them weren't they? Yeah. Quite a bit of them were from Nigeria yeah. and stuff. And they were asking him some tough questions that he was really very able to um, able to answer. And I I really felt bad because we had made a stop. There was a real tense the conversation going, and we made it. We had to stop for something. And it sort of shut it all off, and I don't think they ever pulled it back out again. But it still was, you know, giving them yeah. something to chew on, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. It, and and I, I don't think you should feel bad about the stop either, because you know the spirit of God is working in that, and you know that may have been just yeah, the right exactly. timing, you yeah, know, yeah. to leave it at a point where you know an aspect of that will be picked up later, or a seed has been planted, and you know, right. you know, and if it went further, it might be too uncomfortable. Who knows? I, 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 I tend to be kind of like let's just trust the spirit in, in terms of this. It doesn't mean that we're just going to sit on our thumbs and pretend like you know we don't have to do anything. But at the same time, you know, the mission of God is God's mission, and so uh, I think we can trust Him. You know, to to work and to bring people to faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to bring up in in this group, and and there's going to be more conversation about this is I think that we have another opportunity for a different type of partnership um, with the sandwich people ministry. And, uh, and there's, some, there's some, definitely some crossover here um, because JJ's involved in, in both of these situations, Pastor JJ. Um, you know, so we, you know we have this, this ministry, uh, sandwich people, where um, the pockets, and, and, and including Mo, and now some more of the members of the congregation have been getting food together and getting necessary bags together and delivering them to the people in the tent cities, the homeless. And uh, um, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund of Ohio, um, Lutheran Church Extension Fund had a really good year last year. And one of the great things about it, it's kind of like um, it's a lending organization that's specifically part of our church body, okay? Um, and, uh, and they had a really good year last year. And one of the things that they do is they always give back to congregations. And uh, at the conference I was at, they announced uh, two grants for new ministries and, uh, um, and they're $15,000 each. You know, and uh, Sandwich People is a, uh, it's a new ministry among us. And uh, we are, um, I, I, we're definitely going to uh, um, apply for the grant. But part of what, uh, you know, as Kathy and I have talked about this a little bit back and forth, part of what we would like to see happen is that there be stations where the homeless can come, you know, we're not getting a lot of homeless here, right. you know. Don't don't get me wrong. Hudson has issues that needs Jesus. <laughs> Homelessness is not one of them, okay. Um, and uh, and so you know, they've been going to Kent. They've been going to Akron. Well, JJ has been called to uh, St. John in Akron, and uh, there are communities not far from there um, that the homeless can come to, and. Uh, um, and, and so we're wondering about a, uh, 
kind of a strategic relationship there, a partnership between the two churches to help to feed the hungry uh, and to proclaim the gospel uh, in, in, you know, through this type of a ministry. And um, you know, so uh, asked uh, Kathy to dream a little bit about what would you do with $15,000, you know? And, uh, and after she got over, you know, well, I'd pay off this bill and then, you know, and no, it's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the idea of being able to um, find spaces in some of the public parks that maybe we could rent where people, you know, we would be there regularly and, you know. Ideally, I'd like to find one that's a, that's a shelter with even maybe some facility kitchen or something in there too that we could, you know, even make some hot meals and be out of the weather, you know, invite these people to come in and be out of the weather as well. And and have I, I I've been dreaming, you know, and have the sleeping bags and tents and stuff available and coats and and other essential things available too, along with you know our message, and being able to share share our message with them, and maybe give them some materials to take with them to do whatever they choose to do. That would be me. That was that's what I like. Anyway, and then then maybe have two. Spots, you know, go go it from eleven to one at one, and from two to four at another. You know, anyway, that's. Sorry. I've been kind of quiet. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> I like to ask, Mom, what we've found out for the last three years in nursing that we have a lot of students on campus that's living in their car. So I want us to. Uh, we have decided to gather things to give to students because students don't really own up to that. But we know for a fact that our students are living in their car. So, Joe, do you know Kathy? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I think that that is, is, is worth some conversation, and maybe yeah. we, that's another thing that we can help with with sandwich people. Absolutely. Yeah. And also with the Kansas City thing. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. see, at, um, I thought, Yeah. Campus ministry has changed dramatically. Um, all right, so I graduated from college in 94, and I, I went to school in Ann Arbor. Um, and uh, there were a couple times I went to the, uh, the chapel at U of M and uh, saw the campus ministry there. Um, it was it's it's beautiful and it's fascinating that the church is an old stone church right downtown and uh um and the thing that i thought was so amazing is you know when growing up in a lutheran church you know you know dad was an elder and i knew the president of the congregation and uh, well the elders and the president of the congregation they were students I had a member of my church in uh, in Michigan. He had been the president of the congregation when he was doing his doctoral studies at uh, at U of M. And it's like, oh yeah, that is how that would work. And it's it's pretty cool, but that's not what we see happening anymore. And a lot of campus ministries are closing. And I don't think this is just a Lutheran phenomenon. You know, um, the uh, you know. It, 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 there used to be a really big 
chapel up at Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan. We used to do these youth events there and everything. Eventually, they, they didn't have the money for the upkeep, and so they ended up selling the building at a loss. You know, and this has happened in, in, in a lot of different places. And, uh, you know, and so um, we need to think about you know, how, do we, how, how do we have ministries on campus because kids need Jesus, um, but also to be able to do this in a way um, that empowers these young adults you know, to be leaders in ministry. You know, and um, I don't know. I, th- I think so. Well, uh, the campus ministry, I mean, I'm talking about the Lutheran campus ministry, they have a lot of influence uh, for the student on campus. Mm-hmm. A lot of students there, I mean, it's pretty close to the campus, and they can come, like, to uh, to the Luther house, and they feel like it's very friendly and, like, very welcoming, especially very welcoming, and they like the environment, and it's like... Uh, I mean, they are also searching for the truth. They are also searching for the story. They are also searching for the gospel. I have talked with a lot of international students when I, um, I mean, when they organize like Chen and Chow kind of stuff, or like they organize some kind of mission work, or like we went to Kagapol. When I meet with them, or like meet and greet and asking questions, trying to share our thoughts all together, and what I found that. Um, they have a lot of curiosity. They have a lot of, lot of curiosity to like, learn and to know what the gospel is. And the ministry gives them a proper and a very nice and good opportunity, especially a great opportunity to learn more about it and to find the truth and to follow the truth. And for us to share the good news, to share the story. And um, especially the students, they are uh, they liked it and they appreciated it a lot because they found that this is the only place where they are not being judged. They are, they have their free will to choose, and especially, the, I mean, no, there is no pressure, and we are like just open up the truth, open up the story, give them the resources, and they have their. Um, own thoughts and will to choose and to follow the truth. So that's what makes them like way more comfortable. Yeah. I agree with you because developmentally when a child goes from high school to college, they're searching Mm -hmm. for meaning of themselves. And church is a good place and a system to give them right and wrong and direction and guidance because parents are not there, you know. And they got them in the home, but you open up now, and they're searching. Yeah. I know that demographically, you know, the the research that's being done in terms of religious beliefs, that that young age group more and more identifies as none. 
you know, they, they talk about, you know, a lot of articles will talk about the rise of the nuns, you know, not, not N-U-Ns, um, which would be a different and fascinating uh, <laughs> um, demographic shift, I think, but uh, um, it's N-O-N-E, you know, they don't identify with any belief, which isn't really, you know, they don't have any belief, it's just that they don't connect it to any, um, you know, spiritual religious organization, um, you know, everybody believes something everybody has a god it's just sometimes you know revealing that um but uh um even the atheist has has a god it's usually him or herself um but uh uh um that that is part of the shift that's going on and it is part of the challenge of, of the ministry in that area so and those kids So I think having that on campus would be like vital to that. You take yeah. that, they're not going to come to you. You have to be there meeting them where they're out yeah. and having right. that space. Yeah. Yeah. JJ yeah. Spend a lot of, spends a lot of time just walking the campus, mm -hmm. talking, um, to people, talking to people. Yeah. And stuff. So. With Lauren and Andy, they do this kind of thing in Colorado. If we do something like this, it is a huge commitment. Um, you're not just having somebody for an hour or an activity. When they get in trouble, they call you in the middle of the night and they, they walk them. One of the girls was almost killed and she went to the hospital with her, went to the therapy sessions, went to court, went with her everywhere she went for a week and much longer afterwards. But it's, it's not an hour commitment. Right. Um, you you have an investment with those kids, yeah. and it's not uh, that you're going to have that incident at a large percent. Right. You're going to have that at a small percent, but right. it's going to be that case that it's going to be, we're going to have to wrap our arms around that particular case. So we're we haven't done it. A whole lot with it. I know JJ did some at first, but we are in the process of uh, immigration mm -hmm. and uh, asylum. Right. Yep. You know, it, it's kind of a big deal. And we can do it. Yeah. We can do it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I that is a big example of it. Yeah. Putting your arms around somebody and walking yep. them through everything. Yeah. Saint Kathy. <laughs> Saint Catherine. <laughs> Sounds more official that way. <laughs> it's usually after they die, so. <laughs> don't, don't do that. I think that we need to have. Um, I, I've, I've asked for this to be on the uh, uh, agenda for the council for Tuesday. You know, so some leadership conversation has to happen there. And, uh, um, and knowing our leadership, I, you know, they're not going to be, you know, no, this is a dumb idea or, you know, this is opportunity. And, uh, and it was the council that started supporting us. Yeah. We 
doing it, yep. you know, on our own. Yeah, this is... Op- we want to come help. Yeah, this is opportunity like I haven't seen in 10 years. You know, and, and I, it's kind of being handed to us on a silver platter. Yeah. I mean, I, there's an existing ministry in an existing location. I, yeah. It seems like a no-brainer. It, it does. And uh, um, it, it, when I was getting the emails on, on Tuesday, reading some of this stuff over, you know... I'm not a woo-woo person. I, you know, I, you and I have worked together enough. You know that I'm just kind of, let's just see how things play out. I, I tend to be a little more patient than maybe sometimes with, you know, not pushing to make things happen, but just try to, you know, what, 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 and, uh, you know, it'll work itself out. And I tend to be kind of mellow. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is too, this is too big to just sit back. And I think that this stuff is too important to just kind of, okay, you know, and, um, you know, it, it needs some attention. So I, I, I think we're going to have some, uh, I know it'll be on the, on the agenda for the council on Tuesday, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about it there. I think that there are going to have to be some difficult conversations with um, some other congregations and I'm not sure what that looks like. Uh, um, I, I know Faith Kent is vacant. Their pastor just took a, you know, their, their part-time pastor, who was only there on Sundays, uh, just took a call. And um, I'm not sure if he's even going to fulfill his, uh, his time there because he's retiring from the prison system in November. Uh, he's a prison chaplain. And uh, then he's going to Nebraska. Um, so I... I don't know, you know, there's a, there's a leadership, you know, kind of vacuum there. Uh, I, I, I know that, um, I, I know that we have been mightily blessed in this time in, in ways that other congregations have not. How badly is Faith Kent struggling? Are they at extreme risk? I don't know that they're, well. Or at risk at all? They're at risk. Yeah. Um, the uh, I think that they're below 50 in worship on a Sunday. This is a congregation that was once bigger, I think, than us. You know, and uh, they, they've, I think they've got some significant challenges. You know, and and the relationship with the campus ministry has been complicated for a while. You know, so some of that has to be dealt with. You know, and uh, I, you know, I, I, St. John Akron will definitely be in because JJ's right there, right? right. Um, and and they've, they've already been you know, very receptive uh, Bible studies and things like that. I think that Talmadge will be receptive. I don't know how much they can do. I think that um, Redeemer uh, will be receptive. I'm not sure what they can do. You know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what we can do. Um, but I also think that when Gloria Day puts their head and heart into something, um, God has blessed us to be able to do a lot. So. Faith Kent people are on the board still or not? Yeah, so there, there is represent, representation there. Um, but it's not a lot, you know, and so we got some. Um, so one of the 
things that Lauren and Andy do that's very successful, they live real close to Estes Park, so they go there and have a retreat. We could sponsor a, a weekend retreat at a campsite or something, and some of the activities are male and some are female, and yep. some are what can you do to become a better person and Christian and things like that, and they do that with male and female and how to become a better male, how to become a better female. Yep. Um, but then they have lots of activities in between and lots of fun things. But yep. it, well, that's what the trip to Niagara was. That's one of those fun events that uh, LCMK um, was involved with. So who is the players on the board, the council board? The church council? Yeah. Or at... Or, 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 or yeah. LCMK. The one that you phoned and you said it's just one. Oh, uh, so I am uh, I'm the secretary uh, of the board of directors. Uh, Nancy Brown um, is the president, um, and uh, Andy Pastor Andy Alberts at Talmadge. Uh, Rachel Anderson has been involved for a long time, but she had to drop out. Um, she got called like two or three days before the semester started. Hey, we need you to teach a class. <laughs> Lots of prep time there. Um, and uh, um, there is a representative uh, from uh, Faith. There used to be a representative, yeah, there used to be a representative from Trinity. There used to be a representative from uh, the ELCA Synod. Um, the pastors of Faith and Trinity were supposed to be part of that. They're both gone. You know, so it, we're very much in a, you know, this is a complete rebuild. So the reason why I was asking the question, you talked about this umbrella, because we're talking about one similar thing and everybody's spread out. So I'm just calling it an umbrella approach. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to start from the top and looking at the, who's in that board, and is it a representative from those neighboring people that you're talking about? Because I don't know the myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely, there's definitely some figuring out to do. But boy, oh boy, uh, I, I don't remember who said that. Maybe it was, it was Amy. It just seems like this is on a silver platter. And how do we, you know, turn away from it? And um, the fun part is like, and the fun part is the way the campus ministry uh, spreads the good news. It's like they organize like all kind of like fun activities. Yep. When, uh, where we like invite international people. We didn't, we don't even let them know that, um, there is a pressure or something like that. We are we engage them in all kind of fun activities. Trip to Niagara Falls. Hey, come over here. Uh, do you guys want to do some coloring and stuff? Okay. We we uh, dad take them to different locations. Like sometimes they take them to Heaven of Rest. Sometimes we organize uh, different kind of fun activities at the campus and invites people come there and just engage into the activities and they enjoyed it. So. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fun way to yeah. it's, the it's a relational style of evangelism and ministry yeah. so I, I really did intend to teach on <laughs> Romans today um, I, I do think it's sometimes it's good to look at what's going on you know anyhow um, we can save this for next week then we'll put it back in the pile. two weeks um so next week, uh, 
uh, Chris and I, and I'm not sure if the kids are coming yet or not, uh, are going back up to my old congregation in Michigan. Uh, we're celebrating their uh, 50th anniversary. Um, and so I'm not exactly sure what's happening here yet. I've asked Bob Branch to make arrangements for a, a Bible study here. Um, so um, there should be something, but I don't know what it will be. Um, normally I've had uh, Pastor Zachrich is going to be the one who's leading worship. I've normally asked him to uh, fill in for this as well. But he's teaching confirmation class. You know, and uh, he and Ann are, are doing a great job with the kiddos and uh, a huge blessing to us. So um, I'm, I'm not sure what will happen here, but um, we'll, we'll pick this up. Okay, let's do a vote really quick here. Would you like for me to continue with Romans for Reformation Sunday? Or would you like for me to teach about the history of the Reformation? What's the will of the group? I think Reformation. Reformation. I think we all need a warm-up on that. Okay, I will do the Reformation, and we'll get to this in November. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody. I hope this. I hope you felt this was a worthwhile conversation. I did not really didn't intend for it to take the whole time. Yes, pray. Please pray about this stuff. You know, um, if the Spirit is leading it, let's you know see where He takes us.